For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Back to another episode of Wisco Fanatics, uh, Friday night edition, Packer special. We have Simon and Brian with us, our Packer specialists. Uh, we had some exciting Packer news today, so we're going to roundtable, uh, discuss what we thought about it, and we're going to start with Simon. Simon, what's up, buddy? How you doing? <clears throat> yeah, what's up, guys? How's it going? <clears throat> I'm actually getting better. I was sick like all cold. week. I felt like oh. dog. And you, uh, it was a really cold, bad week though. for me. And it's cold. It was uh, it was uh, seventeen degrees here this morning. Right, but uh, it's like seventeen below he's here. He's in Texas though, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cold in Texas. I get it. It's it's different. <laughs> uh, it'll be fifty. Let me get my violin tomorrow. out. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it has to be the world's smallest one, or it doesn't count. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, breaking news today was Elton Jenkins signing a four-year, sixty-eight million dollars. Uh, seventeen million dollar per year. One more with million. Two, huh? One more million. We could have threw a, threw a <laughs> oh, one more party, dude. man. <laughs> but it could be up to seventy four million. So there's still a possibility. Oh, let's go. And it came with a twenty four million dollar uh, signing bonus. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> in my opinion, uh, it was a really, really good signing. Uh, a lot of people might say we overpaid, but I honestly, I think the Packers. I've seen just as many people say that we might have underpaid. Oh, I think so. I think if, that's he, a if he gets a free agency, too. yeah. But I was, I was thinking like they, the Packers paid for his versatility. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like he started out this year playing on the right, the right tackle spot coming off his ACL injury, and it wasn't. He, he was kind of rocky. Uh, he had a couple good games, a couple really uh, not so great games. But they start uh, once Bakhtiari came back and Tom kind of developed along a little bit we got to stick him back in his left guard spot where he's been absolutely phenomenal and since to be in that conversation as well yep and Nash, uh, Yash Nyman, uh at the right tackle spot he's he's been okay he's had a couple couple of good games couple not so good games but since week 10 he's allowed zero pressure zero sacks zero hits zero hurries and he's only given up one penalty and that was that horseshit penalty in the Philly game yeah. With the Aaron Jones, oh, when he, the textbook blocking, yeah, when he that yeah the textbook blocking, the yeah. He, so he's been he's been an absolute rock for five weeks now, hmm. and I I love this signing. I'm glad we got to keep him. I really like Elton Jenkins. Uh, what do you guys think, uh, Bryant? What do you got, buddy? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, I'm interested. I I'm looking forward to seeing the cap numbers really and what the number the hit looked like because obviously. Um, I mean, we do have Rashawn on his fifth-year option, but we obviously have to start looking at extension for him. Um, the Savage guarantee seven million is kind of hurting us next year. I see people saying cut Savage for what we're paying him no matter what. Yeah. So it makes no sense. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. So he'll be on the team next year unless we traded him. But um, I do. I'm interested to see if that 24 million guarantee, how much we put on this year's cap, and how how lower or how back end it is, is, you know, cause we still have a few people we want to extend restructure next year for sure. If the plan is going forward to keep the core together. Um, we got a lot of work to do this off season, but I'm very happy with maintaining him. I, I will say 
Um, I hope this means he's pretty much locked in at left guard. I hope we signed him to be that position because I think that's where he's an all-pro at, or a potential all-pro when he's a pro bowler at left guard. Um, I, he is super versatile and can flip out. Um, I will say that I wouldn't be crazy upset if they tried him at center because Josh Myers continues to have his struggles here off and on. But I think if we lock him in at left guard and we know we have a perennial pro bowler at left guard, I'm fine with that. That makes me happy. All right. So I'm going to play off both of you what you both said. First of all, what I'm going to say is we now have four of our five offensive linemen locked up for next year and going forward. So to me, that's a great sign. The last person they have to get done is Josh Nyman, which I don't think will be too difficult. But if he hits the free agent market and you really need a right tackle, you might overpay for him because he's still I think they're going to tender him with a second-round tender on Josh Nyman. And if someone wants to sign him, they'll get a second-round pick. Right. Um, So with that being said, um, you talked about leaving him at left guard. I think the development of Tom allows us to just put him like, boom, you're left guard. Tom, you're going to be the floater now. You're going to move around. Um, and I actually like Myers. I know that he has his struggles. I agree with you. He has his up and down games, but when he when he's up and he's playing well, the Packers offensive line is just absolutely mauling. I people. like it when he when Myers can get to the second level. I honestly think he might be one of our better offensive linemen at getting to the second level and beyond when when he's able to get to that point. Yep. Um actually Tyler to that point. I text my dad a lot during the games, just like I text you. I'm texting a million different people. So I'm looking at the TV. I'm getting really good at texting without looking. So if you see a gibberish word, you know what I'm doing. So I talked to my buddy out in Phoenix. That's, I talked to my dad. Jake, I'm talking trying to, you guys. to flex about being popular. I, I mean, I have my buddy in Phoenix, you know, Jason. <laughs> I'm a dad, and then I talked to you guys. And, um, you know, with, with that being said, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Myers getting to the second level. So, Tyler, that was a great point. Uh, my dad and I talk about that quite a bit, actually. But I love this signing. I think they underpaid, personally, for a guy that could be, you know, he's in his prime right now. And we could, he could have asked for a ton more money. He could have went to any team he wanted to. Um, he's a very valuable player. And the Packers run game is really freaking good when he's really freaking good. In the last I couple of weeks, the Packers run game has been really freaking good. I forgot to say one I thing about the signing. Market. Go ahead, uh, real quick. I wanted to say it just even like the cherry on top is we've already seen Bears fans talking about, oh, we're going to have yeah. him on our offensive line. We're going to overpay him. <laughs> hurt our rival and he'll be a bear next year no that ain't happening buddy no no you guys can steal claypool they're not throwing on the ball. open market he'd, <laughs> he'd probably command i bet i'd be willing to bet that i didn't hear what you said you froze yeah you obviously we'll never know thing. but I said on the open market, I'd be willing to bet that he would get paid twenty to twenty-two million a season. Ooh, with the with the cap booming in twenty twenty-four, I could see it. I could see it. I mean, if we're, we're living in a world where Christian Kirk is making twenty-one million dollars a year, he's had a good year. I'll say that. Yeah, didn't make He's had a good year, but he's still he's still Christian Kirk. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else you guys want to say on that, or should we get into some stars and, and talk about this Monday night football game? Talk about nope, it. Let's get into some stars. All right. We'll get uh we'll say happy holidays to Bernard too. He he watches the yeah. show pretty regularly. So we happy holidays, that. man. Happy holidays. All right. So Jake has our number one star. Jake, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into uh some really specific stuff because we are going to cover him a little bit more, but AJ Dillon. Um, 
freaking monster of a man. Um, it's AJ Dillon season. We all know that. Uh, 11 carries, 36 tough earned yards, and two tough earned touchdowns. Um, he also had three catches for 35 yards. Um, one of his catches was on a third and 11, I believe. So he picked that one up. Um, so, yeah, uh, he had a great game. And A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones are looking really, really good these last couple of weeks. Sorry, man, I rolled Speaking my Aaron Jones. And this, this shit is just killing me right now, man. Speaking of Aaron Jones. Four years old. He is our number two star. Yeah, so for Aaron Jones, had 126 all-purpose yards, um, 90 rushing. The good thing about the rushing was it was 5.3 average against a, a defense that, you know, is normally pretty good against the run, so that helped us control the uh, the clock. Uh, he did have the receiving touchdown. He did have the one fumble, but I still can't for the life of me figure out how did they did not blow the whistle on um, for progress. Um, that's he was still kind of going forward, honestly. Eh. That's a, like, the refs I, I have too much him, control, Brian. It, the refs he wasn't, way, he wasn't yeah. stopped. Yeah. He, like, needs a, he needs to you know, go I'm, down I'm there just, or just hold on to the ball either way. So it, I've seen right. that same play call the stop, especially if it's quarterback, but I've seen it go that way as well. So uh, it was just one of those where we got, we're on the unfortunate side there where he was still fighting a tiny bit, yeah. really kind of was held up, and then we got, you know, he lost the fumble. But either way, solid game from him again. We need him to just continue to be that consistent player. Um, I, I feel like he, him and AJ Dillon could play. Well, they'll play a huge role if we are, if we're going to make the playoffs this season. So in these last three games, they have to be our two best players on the offense, I think. So for sure. So for the third start of the game, we had Preston Smith. He had two sacks. One of them, I'm going to get into a little bit more um, when we get into some of the recap, but the two sacks by Preston Smith were really a big part of this game. Um, Simon, as our underrated performer this week. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I picked uh, Kingsley Inigbari. I really liked his game this week. I thought he one. made a lot of really, really good plays. And I feel like every time that we're talking about <clears throat> him in a game making a play, it's always on um, – and Tyler will probably talk about this a little bit more. It's always him blowing up a screen too. So he, he's getting better at rushing the passer – and, um, you know, he's just consistently in on plays at or near the line of scrimmage. And I thought he – this might have been his best game of the year. I, I Honestly, I can't – He had a I know pretty good game couple, in Philly too, but – Yeah, Philly was good. Um, so that might be – that might be a good argument. But – Definitely <clears> was, 1A, 1B though. Yeah. If you, if you want to call 1A, 1B, I'm fine with that. But this might have been – you know, it, it was just like constantly when I was talking to Brian during the game, which I don't do a ton, but I decided to. I this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like Kingsley and Igbari's name kept popping up on plays. And so it was really good to see him in on all the action. Agreed. Yeah, Bill agreed. Uh, Bill said, good choice. Enigbari has been really solid the last couple games. Honestly, He's really come if, alive. Uh, he's a good player, man. Right. So we, we lose Rashawn Gary, who was probably on pace to have an all pro season, not just a Pro Bowl season, but probably probably pro season. And we lose him. And then we have Kingsley and Igbari filling in. And, you know, like there's obviously going to be a drop off when you're losing Rashawn Gary, but to not have a significant drop off to where it's like, God, you can tell how badly we miss Rashawn Gary. Um, I do think that that's been a, 
kind of a revelation and just adds to how good actually the 2022 draft was for the Packers. All right. All right. So let's go to the offense. Uh, Jake, what two plays stood out to you from the Packers offense against the Rams defense? So the first thing I'm going to talk about is the Packers utilizing Watson's speed. Um, Obviously, we know that they've done it with uh, doing end arounds. Um, they they're now putting him in motion a lot more. I've noticed to kind of uh, see who follows him, how the defense kind of shifts. Because if you watch, and me and Tyler were at the game on Lambo on Monday. Um, you notice whenever he went deep, there was a safety over the top. I was like, oh, they're they're not letting this boy fly. They're not letting this boy fly. I kept saying it. I was I was sitting with my buddy Alex Tyler with his wife, and I kept looking. I was like, they ain't letting this boy fly, man. They ain't letting him be great. Uh, they, they just won't let him do his own thing, and that was bothering me a little bit. But it's a great asset to an offense, especially with Dubs back, a guy that could just control the middle of the field. And you saw it on one play where Watson went in motion, and they faked, they faked the jet sweep to him. And then I believe it was in the fourth quarter, like the last drive, uh, all of a sudden they had Dubs over the middle to like the 49 of the Rams. And I was like, that was a big, massive pickup. And I was like, oh, teams are going to be so pissed guarding those two for the next 10 years, man. That's going to be so annoying. But the thing that I really loved was there was a play, there was bunch set, and it was a third and one, and they had Watson on the outside of the bunch, and they sent him in motion to the right. Rodgers calls hike, fakes a handoff to Patrick Taylor, and then you have Watson coming across the formation, basically at the line of scrimmage, and now you have a guy chasing him. And and you we all know what that looks like. We saw it in the Cowboys games, guys running for their fucking lives trying to catch this kid. And Rodgers just gets an easy dump off, and that's five, seven, ten yards. Who knows? He could just run past your entire defense if you have blocking up the field or the right uh, combination of uh, routes. So I love that they're LaFleur is at, uh, using his speed to his advantage in a lot of different ways and just sending him deep. That's something that I love. And then the second one, I picked Dylan's second touchdown. I know that you have his first touchdown. That one was my favorite one of the game. Um, I hope that you bring the energy when you talk about that because I was. So I, I have I have that. some big reasons, literally, why I picked that play. Yeah, I, that that touchdown was awesome, but this touchdown equally is awesome. The thing, the first thing I noticed on this play was the Rams had ten players in the box. Now, the well, it's because when we brought Lazard in, we motioned Lazard. Oh, he goes yeah, right yeah. behind Big Dog, kind yeah. of in an H back position. And then the Rams have 10 players in the box, and the hole was this damn big. I was like, oh, my God, we absolutely manhandled these little dudes. And just right up the gut, nobody touching him. Randall Cobb got a good block on that play, if you notice, because he was in the slot, and they had Watson out wide. That was the only defender not in the box. So for the Packers to dominate a team like that with 10 people in the box, just man on man, that's a great sign to me that this team is ready to go. They're bringing the physicality, and I love every moment of it. And I know you guys are being fools in this private chat right now with the way I'm talking. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I would never. All right, Simon, what's, what two plays stood out to you on offense? Uh, yeah, so I kind of wanted to talk about the Rodgers interception because I think this is the thing we've seen. <laughs> Stop looking up the chat. I, <laughs> I think uh, this is like – this is something we've seen a few times this year where it's just like it seemed like it was just a miscommunication. Rodgers expected Lazard to keep going up the field off the sideline, and it was it was beautifully wide open. Good play call. Lazard kind of snuck 
snuck his way into that corner. And I think Rodgers just expected him to keep running up the field, and mm-hmm. Lazard kind of wanted to settle in that spot where he was wide open before uh, safety, I forget who it is, uh, got to him. And Rodgers was rap. blatant. It was Taylor huh? Rapp. Yeah. Rap. yeah, Rap. that's it. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so Rodgers obviously just overthrew him and – I don't know. I I can think of like four or five off the bat interceptions this season are just basically off a miscommunication from the receiver and Rogers. And if we, if we're going to make the playoffs, that's just something that we have to clean up. I will say in Lazard's defense on that one, I do think he made the right call to settle down a little bit. I think Aaron just, he is so wide open. Aaron just needs to put the ball on his own defense to sit in the open spot of his own. Because Aaron Stroh was even leading him more into the sidelines. If you just hit him, it gives him a chance to break a, ta- a tackle and, and take it for a touchdown or even further down the field. Yep. So, I, th- yeah. I mean, I get it. It was a miscommunication. They, they seen different things. Um, but I think Lazard made the right choice on that one. I think that was I, I think on so, Aaron. too. I think so, too. Um, and then, lastly, it was good to see Big Dog get a fucking catch like that, man. He's just like <laughs> – the play broke down. Roger's scrambling off to his right. And he just takes – three steps up the field, looks around him, nobody's near him. <laughs> and he's just like, give me the ball. <laughs> yeah, he definitely was not even know. supposed to run a route on that play. It was awesome. Yeah. He was it's kind of like, to me, it looked like he was just camped out. Like he was a lineman waiting for the next yeah. guy to block. And then he's like, oh shit, I'm an eligible receiver. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did, were you were you guys all yelling at your TV like move your oh, ass? <laughs> I know he move your ass. I know he's like thirty eight years old moving. or whatever, so he ain't moving. I was trying to hold on to the ball. He's so old, like probably all his bones in his body crack when he. Yeah, he's got that old man strength though, man. Oh, yeah. It's just a rarity to see him get a catch for. I mean, he's a really good player, right? Super smart, and he knows his job, and he's not going to deviate from that. So yeah. it's always good to see him get a little bit of glory every now and then. You know, and I think if <laughs> Rogers is back next year, I don't think Mercedes Lewis will be in a player, but I hope we bring him on as a coach or something. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to just... keep him around. <gasps> yeah, so yeah, I love him as a player. So, all right, Brian, what two plays stood out to you on the offense? So, both of them involve Christian Watson, but the first one is uh, the touchdown pass to Aaron Jones. Uh, the real reason I want to talk about it is because the block that Watson threw. I will say we didn't pick this one, but there was a play where Watson literally blocked the defensive end, like number 95, and he let Aaron Jones get onto the outside for like a 10-yard game. And he was just holding up like like almost like big dog, like just blocking this dude and he couldn't get through him. You guys have to go if you haven't seen the play, go find it. That's but part then of the this- value of having big dog on the roster is that he can teach guys those things. You know, like we've talked about Josiah yeah. DeGuara growing as a blocker this year. He plays the same position. Alan yeah. Lazard and Christian Watson play wide receiver and they're getting, you know, basically a guy who could be a tight end coach anywhere in the NFL or in college or whatever he wanted to do. And they're getting that from a player on their team. So that's just a, another, you know, unsung element of having him on the team. Yeah. So back to Jones receiving touchdown though. First off, it was out of the pony package, which I love. You see a fake to the AJ Dillon on the inside. And then it's essentially Jones and Watson versus three Rams players. And Watson like absolutely drives his, the person he's blocking out of bounds. And while he's doing it, essentially screens another Rams player, kind of cuts into him. And then that gave Jones, who was great, waiting to set up his block right time to cut back in and dive for the touchdown. So all in all, it was just a great play like that, that blocking. And then Jones' vision and cut back inside, it was amazing. So it was just like 
his Watson's blocking, like everyone's like, oh, you know, he only went four for 46 or whatever. I'm like, if that's all you see in this game, you did not watch it. Like his movement opening, you know, play uh, plays up like Jake talked about. And then his blocking was phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. So, and then the second play I want to talk about, you know, the reason I put, picked this one is because that stupid article that came out this week, which to me, <laughs> for me, that article is just, just like ridiculous. A nothing burger. Yeah, nothing burger. Like Aaron Rodgers said, oh, he expects the wide receivers to know his signals. Like, <laughs> did you see Rich Bisaccia making a joke about that? I love yep. it. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> did you see that, Jake? Or yeah, yeah that, that was hilarious. Anyways, so, yeah, of course, you know, right after, and Aaron Rodgers even talked about it, I think it was on the Pat McAfee show or something else. He said they maybe missed two or three signals all season. Like, for, so, unfortunately, he misses that one. Because I know we all, like, we, we were, our previous show, we talked about what does Watson have to do to win offensive rookie of the year? So we all want to see. And I think, and I th- honestly think Aaron wants him to get those touchdowns because I think Aaron wants to help him get that, you know, into that conversation as well. But, you know, he's so selfish, right? But um, trust me, they could have ran that. T- they probably could have run a touchdown in right there. But he, uh, you know, he wanted to get Watson that touchdown. Unfortunately, it's a signal. It is what it is. But yeah. for me, for him to, you know, everyone's like, oh, he was mad. Well, yeah, he's mad because he wants him to get the signal. But yeah. within 30 seconds, he's patting him on the helmet. Then you see him dapping him up in the locker room. And then you see him trolling him in the interview afterwards. Like, don't tell me this dude like Aaron doesn't care about these rookies and that he's not he doesn't yep. con- converse with them and that I, he's not approachable. He's not approachable to the players that don't want to be great. That's what he is. That's fair because he's great point. and that's what I he have, expects. I have a couple of Rogers like snips for um, when we're when we're talking a little bit later. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share those a little bit later. But for me, the two plays that stood out to the to me on the offense. One was Watson's second catch. This happened in the third quarter. Um, it was the second catch. Um, First, it was a crazy tight window for Rodgers to even throw the ball into because the safety was right on top of Watson like as soon as he was catching the ball. And then, obviously, for Watson making the catch himself. But to me, like what stands out about this is that we have seen, obviously, over the last four weeks, but Christian Watson is not just a one-trick pony. He's not just a speed threat. He's not just the MVS replacement. He's more than that. He's running routes over the middle, and he's making these tough catches. That's outside the bag that we thought he had when he was drafted. So we're seeing development from him from the beginning of the season, and he missed a handful of games in there. So that's why that stood out to me. Um, And I think this type of play is the type of thing that will help Aaron Rodgers want to stick around in 2023 seeing that these guys are capable of doing these things and that he can trust them to do these things. Like you, Rogers isn't throwing that ball into a super tight window to Amari Rogers, for example, he's throwing that to guys that he trusts to catch the ball in that situation. I love the so contestants this that game. Um, the other one that stood out to me was Aaron Jones or Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon's first touchdown. Um, To me, the thing that stood out about this is, first of all, safety tried to make a tackle on Aaron on AJ Dillon, and it did not go well for him. Also, Taylor Rapp. (laughs) Also, Taylor Rapp. Yes, and four Um, other people in the team. That play came after two other runs by AJ Dillon. So the Packers were fourth and three. They ran with AJ Dillon for five. 
They ran with AJ Dillon for, um, I think another five. And then the touchdown run was for eight on that drive. AJ Dillon had four carries for 22 yards and two receptions for another 18 yards just on that drive alone. Then the absolute best part of this was the rugby scrum that helped get AJ Dillon into the end zone. So first AJ Dillon knocks over the first guy. He's met by two more guys from the Rams and then six more Packers come and push AJ Dillon in. So it ends up being like a seven on three pushing the Packers against the Rams into the end zone. So it's obviously AJ Dillon. Then Alan Lazard gets behind him. Then Zach Tom gets behind him. Then Josh Myers gets in. Then Elton Jenkins. And then Josiah DeGuar. And then John Runyon. And we have seven guys to three from the Rams. I would like the I would like to know the total LBs for the Packers against the total LBs for the Rams in that situation. Because <laughs> golly. Several probably, probably like two hundred to five fifty. <laughs> it was not a lot. It was a lot to not a lot. <laughs> Maybe closer to fucking two thousand pounds for the Packers. Okay. Yeah, for the Packers, like a, like a school bus and a Prius <laughs> going at it. <laughs> Um, Bernard said after Rogers pick, he pointed at his chest and said it was his bad, but they didn't show that on TV. Yeah, I didn't really catch that because I was watching. I was watching for the tackle to be made, so I didn't catch. Uh, didn't I, catch I was Rogers watching the ball on that play too. Yeah. I was I was watching. I was like, oh my god, he got Lazar, and all of a sudden it was like, yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so let's switch to defensive side of the ball. Jake, what two plays stood out to you on the defense? All right, so I'm going to start with positive, and then I'm going to go to not so positive. No, do it the other way positive. around. Do it the other way around? Okay. I'll start with the Douglas interception. Um, That's only first half of all, bad news, too. Uh, Kenny Clark had a great game. It was nice to see Kenny splitting double teams and just manhandling grown men like they were eight-year-olds again. That was fun to watch, won't lie. Um, so the interception happened on a third and 13. So you know the Packers. Um, all year, we rarely send a blitz, so they send four. They did that a lot in this game. So on this play, that means you have seven, and they had the running back and the tight end kind of chip and go out for routes late. So really it was seven versus three, but then with a couple options underneath. But on third and long, okay, throw it short. If we tackle, we're good to go. Get the hell off the field, right? So Mayfield trying to make a play. You can't blame him for trying to make a play. He tries to step up in the pocket. Uh, Kenny Clark gets there, hits his arm a little bit, and – the ball falls right into to Douglas's hands, and I'm like, oh, boy, he's pretty close to the end zone. I can smell it for him. And he goes, he starts running, starts running, and he looks – he, like, double-clutched the pitch. And, like, if he would have just threw it right away to Rudy Ford, who was right behind him, I'm like, all right, I'm on board with that. That's cool. But he waited until he, like, spun all the way around in a circle, and he's basically <laughs> flat on the ground. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> And then Amos gets the ball and takes an unnecessary clock to the side of the head. And I'm like, what the f- is going on today? This is so random. So he pitched the ball from the 22. Amos gets clocked at the 34. That's yardage that you can't give up for an offense every once in a while, you know, to be serious, not to joke around. That's yardage where, you know, an offense that can be sporadic at times. Let's just be honest. All of a sudden a sack and we're out of field goal range, right? That's so, exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't score yeah. that because of that. <laughs> You got you got to think about that kind of stuff, man. So for Rasul Douglas, he's got to be smarter. I love that he he played the ball and he got the ball, and I love all that stuff. And we're being aggressive, going and getting the ball and shit. But 
ay, ay, ay. We had three versus seven. We get the interception and you flip it like that. I'm just like, yeah. keep be going better. forwards. Dude, even if you just fall to 22, who gives a shit? We have the ball at that 22. We're literally exactly. on the doorstep of the red zone. Right. And yeah. A.J. Dillon is running over these players like like nothing, you know? Holy so, Benz. well, that I mean, was the he, same. He, that was the same drive. Aaron Rodgers then, what, take his, takes his patented sack out of field goal range, right? Once yeah. a game. Yeah. That's, so we didn't end up scoring because of that. I feel like it was like twice this game or like yeah. midfield or so. And. You just end up taking a sack. I think one of I think one of those drives though was when uh, it should one have been a fumble for Cobb. One of that was, oh, that's, that's right. which was a weird. I call think that too. was one of the drives because then the next play that Rodgers got sacked right after that. I think it was a catch and a fumble too, but it was. But whatever. We won the game, so we're just nitpicking at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, um, sure. So then, yeah, um, we have a very small margin of of error, so we kind of have to nitpick. I would think. Uh, my next one is about Hollins, um, I guess his former team. And one thing that I noticed that he did very, very well in this game, he had a half a sack, so awesome for him, is the Rams kept running play actions and then booting Baker to the to the opposite side. And if I could knock Enigbare for one thing, he kept falling for that play action. And I don't blame him for, for streaming down the line because they had he a couple good get, runs. He wants to get to the quarterback. I agree, I agree. And he wanted – he just – he sees ball, give me ball, like – Whatever, that's yep. fine. You be hungry, you go hit the hell out of somebody. I'm cool with that. But Hollins had the wherewithal and the awareness to kind of stay patient, trust trust his people behind him, trust his people in the middle. He's a little bit more veteran. So he sits in there and he waits, and he played that a couple of times. He made some great plays, uh, forcing Baker to step up or stop or throw it short or throw it before he wanted to. And I just wanted to give uh, Hollins some credit for uh, keeping contain on that outside. So that was a great job by him. We're going to need it with the speed in Miami. I'll say that. Um, two things, two comments I want to address real quick before I go to Simon. One said, uh, Robert said, Wyatt got some action. He did. he did get some action. I'm still seeing a lot of clamoring for more action, which I'm on board with. But I also want to kind of um, give people a little bit of context when it comes to Devontae Wyatt's snap counts. And then Sam said, to be realistic, I don't think we would have a W versus Miami. But whatever happens, go Pat, go. Hey, that's always that's always the case. Um, yeah. So keep listening, Samuel. We'll give you a good reason why we can win that game and how. Exactly. Yep. That's the that's that's how we do it. We're going to tell you how we can win and yep. what needs to be done to do so, yep. and we're going to give the optimistic version of that. So um, let's do actually. Let's go to Bryant first. Um, Bryant, what did you see from the Packers' defense against the Rams' offense? So the first play I want to talk about is the kickoff to start the second half, and it wasn't a big play. But the thing was, the Rams, when was the last time you guys seen a team kick away from one of our returners? I can literally cannot remember the last time it happened. It's been a long time. Nixon had a couple of huge returns um, in the first half. So what do they do? They come out the second half, try to kick away from Nixon because it's probably too cold. They're not getting that ball to the end zone, right? So Nixon, either way, Nixon is bringing it out from anywhere at this point. Um, <laughs> so they kick it to this guy I've never heard of. That's just joking. I really haven't known much about him. Ballantine, just a special teams player for us. Yep. to the 25, picks it up. He gets it to the 32. That's not crazy, like, a return, but that's us starting, you know, plus field. 32. Seven yards, best we're so, Yeah, we're so used to start, like, before in the first half of the season, we're starting, what, our 15 to our 20? That's a 10% of the field difference right there. We end up scoring on that drive. So, and Aaron Rodgers said it, like, he talked about it on the Pat McAfee show, he talked about it in interviews, and he talked about it after the game. Like, his last big shout-out he gave, 
was to Nixon for the fact that someone kicked away from him because he cannot remember the last time it happened. So um, this is so even Aaron Rodgers is noticing like obviously we talked about that him telling him to come out. So that was just a interesting play to me because I cannot like we hadn't scored a touchdown I don't think in like 21 like opening drives to start a a, a game or a half and we scored points on our first drive of the game and our first drive of the second half of this game. So that that was a nice change for us. But just kicking away, I, I, I thought that was interesting. The second play I'm going to talk about is Quay um, Walker sack. And Quay had a really good game. Probably, probably his best game as a Packer, to be honest. Not only did he shot the gap on that one play, which was phenomenal, um, but that sack, it was really nice. If you go back and watch it, he started five yards back from the line of scrimmage. He was right at the first down marker, actually, for them. It was like third and five or something, or whatever it was. He doesn't move until the ball is snapped. He, he gave no indication to anyone that he was he was rushing. Uh, they snapped the ball, and he's in the backfield and, and um, stripping Mayfield within three seconds. Uh, it was a play-action fake. Mayfield rolled out, and he was uh, – Quay ran right past the tight end, and he, he was – Quay Walker was right there. Uh, dives at him, makes a nice play on the ball. If you go back and watch, uh, Preston Smith didn't see the ball on the ground. If he sees the ball on the ground, it, we recover the fumble as well. No, he because did. He tried no, to he, pick it up standing up. Oh, okay. Well, he didn't way, try he to didn't fall dive. on it because I was pissed. I was like, yeah. you dumbass, just fall on the damn ball. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I, didn't, I must have missed that in the replay, but it looked like he didn't notice it or he just didn't react to it quickly enough. But either way, it was a great play by Quay Walker yeah. showing his speed, and I really thought it was it – was, my favorite part of the play was probably that he didn't indicate that he was blitzing at all. Like they had, you know, a lot of times you'll see, a, you know, um, a hard count and the linebacker will run up and instantly the quarterback will know that they're, they're probably blitzing. He didn't do that at all. He, he stayed home until the ball was snapped and then he was gone. Yep. So, so for me, the two things, one of them, Simon already uh, brought him up as the, um, the underrated performer is that Kingsley is Kingsley and Igbari. So Jay kind of touched on it a little bit with him being so like so dedicated to pursuit, but I wanted to give him credit for a play where he diagnosed a play and then made the right play um, on like a, the mental side of it. So Kingsley Nikbari is rushing off of this would be if you're the quarterback, he's on the left side and he gets engaged with a block by Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby disengages the block and goes to set up a tight, um, um, a tight end screen. And Inigbari realizes it and doesn't go chasing Baker Mayfield. If he chases Baker Mayfield in that situation, Baker's just tossing the ball right over his head and Higby's running for a first down. Inigbari realizes it. If he realizes it just a split second sooner, he's gone for six. But he realizes it. He kind of makes the play. Um, he makes the play. He doesn't make the amazing part of the play. But um, just for him diagnosing that play as a rookie is – it's just another one of those things. Like I talked about with Christian Watson, like that is development that has happened this season. On the fly, yeah. Exactly. So the other one that I have is Preston Smith's second sack of the game. Um, this stood out to me because it was the first play after Adrian Amos's 40-yard pass interference penalty. So first play, the defense responds right away. Preston Smith gets a sack, and I need to give credit to Jaron Reed on this play. Because Jaron Reed doesn't block his lineman towards the quarterback. He's not just bull rushing. He blocks his lineman to his left, which kind of chips Higby just a little bit because Higby was the one who was supposed to pick up Preston Smith. And by Jaron Reed just getting onto Higby just a little bit, 
that opened up a hole that Preston Smith was able to get through and then go and get the sack. So I wanted to give Jaron Reed credit on that play uh, for taking the right tackle into Higby. Um, Did you guys uh, see that stat about the sacks? Mm -mm. So since Gary's been out, the Packers have had like seven sacks or whatever. And and against the Rams, they had five. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, what? I talked about last week too was – how much, <clears throat> how much production we're not getting, and like the sack department is just yeah. not there. So it was really awesome to see him come out and just obliterate a line that they should have. Right. right. I know the Rams are dealing with a ton of injuries and stuff, so it was really nice to see them do what they should be doing. Yeah, and you know, people are gonna say it's just the Rams, you know, to your credit, but it's like that's still an NFL team. Those are still yep. NFL players, and, and they won a Super Bowl last year. And sometimes, yeah, and sometimes that you should do it doesn't happen. So for that to happen, you know, you just give credit and you move on, you know. Yeah. But just because it's the Rams and it's just the Bears, like that doesn't matter. That's those are wins. Kate said, "I watched the interview with Connor. Awesome jobs. Can't wait to see what the Badgers." Do you mean? Kate, did you mean Cole? You mean Cole LaCrue? That was that was the guy we had on. I think she meant Cole, but it was like, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes, we appreciate that. He was (laughs) he was an awesome guest. Um, Sam said for sure Nixon's gonna get paid next year. Just thinking if we had Nixon since the first, we would probably be a 10 win team at this time. I don't know if that goes far as 10. I would I would say flip our record. I would say we'd be at least eight, six, or nine and five. Because we made a lot of mistakes. Man. I think the two that I'd say we win would be the Giants game and the Commanders game. So I agree with you on the – I agree we with you on won, the record. We, we could have won the Lions game too, man. That's fair. But, I mean, like – Could have, should have, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, could have, should have, would have. But definitely – dude, definitely the Giants game. There's no way – Now I'm just worried out. about trying to get him locked up because he's going to get – the fact that he's, like, leading the season league in 30 plus yard returns and he hasn't he's only been returning for like six weeks is insane dude wait till i give you his wait till what just pump the brakes on Keyshawn nixon i'm gonna i don't think he's going anywhere. We get him to some previews. he loves basashia him and roger seem to have a really really good relationship yes. now so i mean yeah. that's, that stuff matters i saw that with the hugging yeah yeah that was that was good i saw that yeah he's like it took till week yeah. seven before i could hug him yeah because <laughs> i guess he's like get off me man he walked in, yeah. The first time he walked in, Rogers wanted to hug him or whatever, and he said, no. "Get get off me or don't touch me," because <laughs> he's like, a, he's like, I'm a really reserved guy. I'm like, kind of a, in my shell. Bill, Bill's getting. Are you talking about wait? Are you talking about Rich or Nixon? No, no, no. Nixon. No, Nixon. I don't think, I don't think Rich wait, so, playing the so soccer. terrible, terrible leader Aaron Rodgers wanted to give Nixon a a hug right away and. Yeah, he's a it. piece of shit, asshole. You want what a terrible <laughs> yeah, teammate whatever, trying to whatever, hug right? and show them whatever home. you want to call him. That's what Rogers is. He's not nice. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's pretty. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was funny to see that little like interview. Uh, Larry McCarron posted on Packers.com. Mm-hmm. Kate, we understand. Thinking about Connor from basketball, he's fun to watch. Um, he is. So yeah, Bill's getting ahead of me. I got lots of Keyshawn Nixon stuff this week. I got lots. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna get there. Um, so. Um, yes, Nixon wants to play the slot. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. So stick around for that. It's coming up soon. Um, Simon, what two plays throw out to you from the defense? I I want to go back to – well, I, I just kind of want to add to Bryant on um, Quay Walker. This was probably his best game as a Packer. So he graded 87 on PFF overall defense, and he had a sack – a forced fumble on only four pass rushing snaps 
And he also had a tackle for loss and two run stops. So he had a phenomenal game. I'm sorry, what? And the pass defense where people were trying to rip him for not. Yeah, he had two of them because he had, he, he had yeah. the one on the sideline. And then one in the end zone. And then one in the end zone. I think he even got his hands on the one in the end zone is insane. It was crazy. It was crazy. from my section. That were like, oh, I can't believe he didn't catch that. I'm like, if he catches that, he should be in the Olympics. Yeah, people <laughs> are saying that, you know, on the sideline one too, that he should have caught that. He's fully stretched out. I mean, he's trying to yeah. make a play. It's not like he just dropped it. And he was the this okay. close, and he yeah. would have been gone. <laughs> yeah, but did you guys notice true. he was rushing from the outside? Yeah. Oh man, I was oh, so excited for that. Too, yeah. He, he had a... He's I got something to say when you do the injury report, but keep going. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm Sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, and just add on to other stuff that he did on that game. Yeah, that was his best game of the year, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, December Kenny Clark. He was just, I mean, he made a he made a statement in the first, I think, drive. Mm-hmm. He had a tackle for a loss where he just blew up the middle of the line, and then he also, I think, the play right afterwards. Uh, he nailed Acres right at the line of scrimmage. So he ended up the night with four pressures, two hits, two hurries, two tackles for loss. I mean, he had a he had a really good game too. It's it's good to see him coming out. I, I think I'm I've kind of said Kenny's kind of had a disappointing year, but it's it's good to see him ramping up when we need him the most. And then yeah, the other one someone already kind of mentioned it too is Devonte Wyatt, man. I swear we've we've been saying this every time he gets on the field, he makes a play. Like, yeah, he wasn't. um, Hold on, I have a stat right here. Always a stat guy. He can't get over nine snaps. Huh? Yeah, and he only had nine snaps. (laughs) He's only had nine snaps, but he had a sack and a run stop, and he he graded out pretty well on limited snaps. Obviously, limited time, so might average out a little bit, but. Like this is the stuff you like to see out of rookies. You go out there in your in the time the coaches give you, and you make plays. So it was good to see him out there and making plays, man. I'm I'm excited for his development, to be honest. Yeah, I love his. I love the the potential he has as a prospect. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Anything else you guys want to say about this game? No, I'm excited to talk after Brian gives us the injury report. All right, Brian, give us the injury report. So, really, there wasn't much to report other than David Bakhtiari. You know, always injured David Bakhtiari can't him. play. But him. <laughs> so The fact that um, he hasn't returned after two weeks from an emergency appendectomy is yeah, the, yeah what a, what He's a probably loser. in the emergency room drinking Miller Lights, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably why his appendix burst in the first place. He's just drinking beer. The only other uh, injury of consequences – the potential Teron Armstead, who is a really good tackle, left tackle for the Dolphins, doesn't play. Uh, I mean, they have Eric Fisher on the injury report, but I think he's like two or three on their depth chart and some way back up wide receiver, too, as doubtful mm-hmm. as well. But um, Teron Armstead is the big one if he can't go. He was dealt or he didn't practice, didn't practice, and then was limited Friday. So that makes me think he probably will play. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. So, <laughs> so what I'm going to say is I was talking about Quay rushing from the outside. And I saw Chris Barnes was a participant, and he's questionable, I believe. So, to me, that says that he's playing. So, if we can get Chris Barnes back and put Chris Barnes in the middle and have Quay Walker rush on the outside with Enigbare and, and and Smith, you know, and kind of just create like a NASCAR-type package, 
I think that that lineup with all those linebackers going to get Tua could speed him up. Um, I, I would love the potential of that. Let Barnes, Walker chase down. Um, Barnes doesn't have an injury uh, injury status, so he's fine. Designation. The only person on it, and only person with an injury designation on our whole report is David Bakhtiari. Is doubtful. Oh yeah, you're right. I just saw Chris Barnes in there, and I was like, oh man, if he's back, I like Quay Walker moving him around. I think he could be like a, a crazy guy that we put like, okay, we're gonna rush him a gap, we're gonna rush him on the outside, okay, we're gonna stunt with Preston Smith. Like I love all the put him at safety. <laughs> yeah. Shit. He's fast enough for it. He's fast Shit. enough for it. <laughs> He's got the hops too. I, I mean, mean, we yeah. we watch we watch Morgan Burnett run. So I mean Quay Walker's yeah. definitely as fast as Morgan Burnett. Yeah, I love Morgan Burnett. <laughs> I hated that guy. Really? I loved him. Yeah, dude, he was talked about as so good, and then he would always give up like an 80 yard bomb. I'm like, this guy's good. You hate no, him? He always, he always wanted to get up in the box and make tackles. Like, no, I did not like Morgan Burnett. Oh, I, I loved I, Morgan Burnett. Dude, I'm like I the weirdest throwback jersey. I didn't like John Coon either. What? Wow. You Bro, you're weird, man. Dude, okay. I okay. Part of it is the fans. I hated when it was like a third and three, and we ran Coon, and everybody in the goddamn country and their kids and their unborn children knew it was going to John Coon and they handed off their coon. I'm like, fucking idiot, we have to punt. You idiots. Why? Why? I don't oh my That's God, like that, part that, of the what's it called? Like it's you mean uh, Andre Davenport over Coon though. Dude, Man, it, it, it was really was the fans. Uh, John Coon seems like a cool guy. I, I didn't, hate, but I just hated that I knew we were giving him the ball on third and short. I love John Coon. Man. So annoying. So annoying. Sorry. Um, Sam said, I believe this has been one of the best drafts lately. Yes. Oh, strongly agree. agree. Strongly 100%. agree. We'll do a good review of it in the offseason. I'm super excited to talk about it. Definitely. Definitely. But I'm worried about the playoffs right now. Yes. Okay. So we're going to start talking about some offense stuff first. I'm going to go first, and I want to talk about Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs because I've been so excited for the potential of both of these two getting on the field now that they've both kind of had their breakouts, mm-hmm. um, and we've barely had it at all. But um, we got them together. Romeo Dobbs only played 23 snaps, and in those 23 snaps, he had five catches on five targets. And I believe uh, he was the Packers' highest-graded offensive player as well. Yes. Um, and then Christian Watson had four receptions on six targets for 46 yards. Matt LaFleur was talking about them. He said they've come a long way and they have much in front of them, much more in front of them is what he said. And that's, I think that's how we all feel about it. Um, he did say that they need to get Christian Watson the ball earlier. He didn't have his first catch until the first drive of the second half. Um, so he did say they need to get Christian Watson the ball earlier. I saw somebody say that Jalen Ramsey owned Christian Watson. He didn't. And I'm like, first of all, he got away with a pass interference in the first half. Seriously, he tried to take his freaking pants off. What was going on like, with that? Yeah, he just tackled him in the end zone, and there's no call on that, which what still annoys me. But the other thing is, like, tell me you don't watch football without telling me you don't watch football. You watch or the game, and there's constantly safety help over the top. Why do you think Romeo Dobbs was open on 25% of the plays that he ran? Get five yeah, catches on 23 snaps. Facts. So, I mean, Christian Watson's did, already creating didn't, that. Um, didn't Ramsey get a holding call later in the game on Watson? Uh, yeah, he got one in the end zone uh, that gave yeah. us oh, a new right. set of downs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and Bill, people we say definitely the one at the end zone, the one at the, the, 
first drive was incidental contact. But if you watch it, Ramsey, he's savvy. He like kind of he ran the way he did to trip him up. Yeah, oh, I agree. In my opinion. Um hey, Bill said they oh, both yeah. made some contested catches. I made a difference in the Rams game. We're gonna need them both to show up in Miami. And I think the team by releasing Sammy Watkins and even Amari Rogers by extension showed that they have confidence in the two of them and Samari Toure by extension. Because at that point, it's not even just you know keeping the guys on the team for depth and just giving them less snaps. That's just straight up saying, like, hey, we trust this guy to occupy the fourth spot, and we trust these two guys to occupy the first and the third or the second and third spots on the depth chart. So we're comfortable going forward with these guys and still having Randall Cobb, who is back healthy, which is nice to see. There was so one the Packers, oh, my actually, ahead, Packers one and two, number one and number two wide receivers, who would you say at this point? I would say Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, at least from the um, the explosive. It's like It's, it's Lazard and Watson. It's, it's still Lazard by like this much, yeah. by like this much on Dobbs. But it's very yeah. close. But but that and I love Lazar. Don't get me wrong. But that's what makes me so excited about these two is the fact that they're already pushing to be the number one and two targets on this on this team. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I'm excited. Honestly, like a a trio of of Lazar, Dobbs, and Watson. Like I'm totally you can win a lot of games with that. Would you have said that week one? No, not until they develop. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but, you know, we got this draft coming up, too. They could get another weapon or two, and then we still got the good running backs. We got our alignment. We got alignment locked up. I mean, give us a serious weapon at tight end, and we're people are in trouble. Hey, Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon are tied for second in receptions on the team. Oh, wow. It just seems like Tunyon hasn't done much since the first quarter or half of the year. Give me a guess. Who do you think leads the Packers in receptions? Aaron Jones? It's probably Tunyon. It's either Tunyon or Lazard. But, um, Simon, you want to guess? Oh, man, uh, I know at one point it was Tunyon, but his usage has been down lately. Yeah. I want to say it's Lazard. Or Jake Jones. is right. It's Aaron Jones. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones has 52 receptions. Oh, Lazard man. and Tunyon are tied for second at 46. Ooh. Did you guys see that stat about before we get too far off? The, did you see that stat about Watson? You guys are at the game. You didn't see it. I think I shared in our chat. So for receivers to have seven plus touchdowns, it was Watson at like forty six targets. Oh yeah, the rookies. Every yes. other every other wide receiver in the NFL with seven touchdowns has at least ninety receptions. Oh. All right. <laughs> How do you not think that he has the highest ceiling of this rookie class? Come on, man. If this the guy has 90 catches, he's going to have 14 touchdowns? The other, the other stat that I saw was that he has more touchdowns than Olave and Garrett Wilson combined. Oh, he does. And they like Olave has like 106 targets. Wilson has like upper 90s. And then Watson has like 46. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong, Olave is nice and he's a great route runner, but he does not have he's explosive too, but he I think Watson has a level of explosiveness he doesn't have. He has the size he doesn't have and he has the blocking ability he doesn't have. Nope. So that's where I like I'm really excited. I'm not saying that Watson will be better than Olave. I'm saying that the potential is there. Okay, I'll say it. Watson's gonna be better than Olave. I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm to say I it. hope so, man. <laughs> so this is what Rogers said about the pair. Aaron Rodgers said that Romeo Dobbs is a very crisp route runner. So, you know, giving credit to his young guys. Mm-hmm. And then he said that Christian Watson is so explosive. 
And then Aaron Rodgers also gave credit to Matt LaFleur for like the play that Jake described where they use Christian Watson in motion before the snap to get him moving full speed. Um, Aaron Rodgers gave credit to Matt LaFleur for using Christian Watson's skills to, to scheme him open and get him the ball. So honestly, I think the like people I see still complaining about chemistry and still complaining about Rodgers not being at OTAs, chemistry is fine. In my opinion, I think their chemistry is, is great, honestly. Especially listening to the way the guys talk about each other, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't think there's a single problem with any of the chemistry right now. I can't believe I'm still seeing that shit either. This far in the season, it's just yeah. so. Yeah, it's just such a bad take, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And then Bill said Watson fell victim to the national media know-it-alls who said he was injury prone early in the season. He had an injury to clean something up before it became a bigger deal, and then he yeah. got a concussion. Yeah. And then he got ruled out early in a game for a concussion that wasn't even a concussion. Right. They were just yeah. playing it safe. Which I 100% agree with Packers. I 100% yep. agree with Packers. <laughs> okay. So this is <laughs> this is in this game. Um, 13 snaps. They were on the field together in this game. Aaron Rodgers was seven for seven for 91 yards and a touchdown when Dobbs and Watson were on the field together. Give me 60 snaps together, baby. <laughs> Man. Can't wait. So far I can't wait. Season, all season, Aaron Rodgers, when both of them are on the field, Aaron Rodgers is 20 of 24 passing. That's disgusting. <laughs> that is awesome. That makes they me complement each other so well. I just love it. That's exactly so the next thing I, mean, I have written down. Yeah. Is that Dobbs will benefit from the eyes on Christian Watson? He motioned and like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs were lined up on the same side, and Christian Watson motioned over this way, over across the formation, off to the um, it was on the weak side of the field. Three defensive backs took steps to their left towards the side that Christian Watson was on, and Romeo Dobbs had a one on one. He ran a great route and got a catch on the strong side of the field for a first down. That's Christian Watson is already changing games. Yeah, man. Hey, if you have changing games, literally. Just to talk about Lazard a little bit. If you have Watson and Lazard on one side, is there a better or better blocking wide receiver duo in the league than those two? Dude, they're both six five. Think about that. Put, put big dude. dog on the end of the line, run on oh, outside, run on outside. You Good just luck. you just said something that gave me an awesome idea. You put Watson and Lazard on the same, like put them next to each other. Run a wide receiver screen for Christian Watson. Let him have Alan Lazard out in front of him. Big Bruh. guy off the block. Good luck. <laughs> I can't wait. So much. Oh, I love there. it. I love it. Okay. So, Simon, talk to me about the red zone offense. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, it's been it's been kind of shaky this year. So uh, when the Packers are in the red zone, they only convert a touchdown on 52.27% of plays, which is 20th in the league. And I remember seeing the chat, uh, stat show up during the game, and I, I knew it wasn't that great because the offense has been kind of shaky this year in general. But that's something that they just have to have to pick up on. When, you, when your defense has been kind of also shaky during the year, you have to – put more than three on the board especially especially upcoming against Miami who's been a very fast team 
in, in scoring in general. So if we're sitting there only putting, you know, seven on the board when we're in the red zone 50% of the time, I mean, that's not going to work when you're facing better teams. And and it was uh, – it's just like a bad sequence of events too that led to like the three points because the first time they showed it was in the first time they got in the red zone. And, I mean, it was – yes, uh, it should have probably been a pass interference called, but – you know, it just sucks to get all the way down the field, take a long time on drives, and only come away with three points. <clears throat> all right. So, for me on the other on the offense, the other thing that I want to talk about is Keyshawn Nixon. Um, what's up, Taylor? We appreciate that. Taylor's a nice guy. All right. So, this is weird to be bringing up during the offensive segment of this of this preview, but Keyshawn Nixon. Wants to play slot receiver. Now, I I went and looked, and I wanted to see, like, has this happened before? Has a defensive back flipped and, and started playing slot receiver? Or, you know, has guys have guys taken snaps at slot receiver? And it's happened. So it's happened. Um, I want to say... I just want to preface this before I get into these these players, but I want to preface this by saying, no, it's not going to happen. He's our kick returner, our punt returner, and our cornerback. And I'm going to get into some snap counts in a little bit too um, about why he's not going to be playing slot receiver. But he, we need to keep him healthy, and we need him at the positions that he's playing currently, um, in addition to our rookies needing to continue developing. But to entertain the idea – maybe a wildcat situation where you give him just one or two snaps just to give him a chance to get Keyshawn Nixon the ball in space because we've seen what he can do with it. Now, listen, it's been done, and I have four examples. One of them is 2004 Troy Brown for the New England Patriots. He's listed as a wide receiver slash defensive back that year. He had three interceptions, a forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries on defense in addition to 17 tackles. On offense, he also had – uh, 17 receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown and 11 first downs. Wow. <laughs> Pretty damn good, That's actually. <laughs> not even close to my most impressive example. <laughs> Next, I want to bring up this is, I have to, this is weird because I'm going to give the Detroit Lions credit for something. Feels weird. <laughs> Next one is Mike Furry. He's actually listed on football reference as a DB slash wide receiver. He spent two years on the Rams as a wide receiver, one as a free safety. Then he goes to Detroit in 2006, and he has 98 receptions on 146 targets for 1,085 yards and six touchdowns. Hmm. Never heard of this dude. (laughs) For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Season before on the Rams as a free safety, he had four interceptions, one of them for a pick six, eight passes defense, three fumble recoveries, and 58 tackles. Holy cow. <laughs> Just an athlete. Yeah, yeah apparently. <laughs> uh, speaking of athletes, the next one I have as an example is Deion Sanders. Maybe the best um, athlete of all time. <laughs> that's, yeah, I'm very open to that possibility. Like a hell of a coach, too. True. So, um, 1996, he's listed as a wide receiver and cornerback. He had two interceptions, a forced fumble, three fumble recoveries, one defensive touchdown, and 33 tackles. On the offensive side of the ball, he had 36 receptions for 475 yards and a touchdown. Hmm. Now, listen, this example, this last example, it goes back pretty far. Um, but it's 1981 Roy Green from the St. Louis Rams. So he played um, he played the first three years of his career as a safety and then flipped the rest of his years as a wide receiver. But in 1981, he had three interceptions and also 33 receptions for 708 yards and four touchdowns. That was a 21.5 yards per reception. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> basically just lined him up and they just sling that shit. <laughs> I think it would be so fun. I know I agree with you, Tyler, that it's probably not going to happen, but I think it'd be so fun just to bring him out and like even do a fake end around to him or something. Cause the defense is going to be looking like, Oh, he's on the field. He's probably for yeah, sure going to get right. the ball. It, just put him on there for eye candy. If anything, that's what I'm saying. Like, just like a, like a wildcat situation. Like, yeah. If he was on the be... field, I would use Watson as, as the decoy with the, with the fake. That's and, and, and do and do do like a quick out to I Nixon. Think, He's great in space with the ball, right? Exactly. Fake it so to many Watson, opportunities from it. Give it to Nixon. Let him shake and bake, right? That's what I would do. Yeah. Or fun. use Nixon as a. You could you could start Nixon wide on one side, bring him across I the other way, yeah. run a screen to him so he's getting the ball in motion, just like it's a punt return or a kick return. He's getting the ball. And he's already in ball from Rogers first. Feel great about whipping him, yeah. you know, thirty yards yeah. out. We're all going crazy. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> so this is this is the last things I got to say about Roy Green. So in 1983 and 1984, um, he was all pro as a wide receiver after playing three years at safety. 1983, he had 14 touchdowns and led the NFL. What wow. the hell? 1984, he had 12 touchdowns. And 1,555 yards, which led the NFL. Canada's weediest. <laughs> Jesus. That's a great yeah, season, even nowadays. Yeah. He, was, he was wasting his time at safety, man. <laughs> yeah. That's what he thought, too. He's like, fuck <laughs> this. He said, Give me the ball, <laughs> man. So it has been done um, using some, some defensive backs as wide receivers. I just thought it'd be fun to look up some examples. I wonder and, if he uh, played wide receiver in college or um, high school. There's lots of examples of that, of, of guys oh, yeah. doing it in college. I was going to say, usually you see it the other way around, though. 
usually you see wide receivers slip to defensive back. It's it's like there's examples of both, and in yeah, college yeah. there's way more examples. But I wanted to give some NFL examples and um, really discuss like the realistic possibilities of it. But um, so before we get into some some more um, some more nuanced stuff, um, most of it on the defensive side of the ball. Um, give me some matchups that you guys are watching from the Packers offense against Miami's defense. And then Bryant is going to tell us how to beat the Miami Dolphins. So, Jake, give me a matchup you're watching from the Packers offense. The matchup I'm watching on offense yep. is, uh, well, we've been talking about him a lot. We're going to talk about him a little bit more right now. Christian Watson uh, versus Xavier uh, Howard. Um, Xavier Howard is known as one of the best corners in the league. Uh, he's a ball hawk. Obviously, we know that. He can just rack up the interceptions and track down the ball with the best of them. So I think Watson's got to win that that battle. And I do think that they're going to have him on Watson because Watson, I believe, is our number one. Um, but if I was the Dolphins, and I'm not cheering for them or anything, I would put Howard on dubs, try to have him neutralize dubs, and then just double team Watson. That's what I would do. But I think that uh, Watson can definitely take the top off of – off of any defense. So if you take him and he beats Howard deep a couple times, I think that's going to be a shot to the Dolphins. And the Dolphins aren't great on defense, by the way. But I'm gonna I'm not gonna go on any numbers. I was like, I'm not gonna steal any of Bryant's Thunder today. Hey I'm Brian, what's Brian... the matchup you're watching? Yeah, I'm watching the same matchup as him. Yes. Um and the reason <laughs> I'm doing that is because so Xavier Howard is a good good corner. We'll see. I think what you just said at the end there is putting him on Dobbs. That'd probably be their better option. But Xavier Howard is a good quarter, but he has allowed what the numbers I found was 40 receptions for 573 yards. But the thing is, his target separation is 1.8 yards average. If you run Watson and get him behind uh, Xavier Howard by 1.8 yards or even a crosser and he's in front of him by 1.8 yards, he's not catching him. That's like okay. five feet of separation. Yeah, um, that's his average separation when targeted. So, I mean, he's letting up separation. So if – um. Like if, if Watson can get behind him or he can run across her and get in front of him, uh, there's a really good um, chance for some yak. So, All right, Simon, what's the matchup you're watching? <clears throat> yeah, since Bakhtiar is uh, – he's listed as doubtful, but he's probably not going to play. I got Zach Toms back in there. They got a pretty, pretty solid group of pass rushers in Miami with Jalen Phillips, Melvin Ingram, and Bradley Chubb. Um, <clears throat> I think Zach Tom's going to have his, uh, his hands full, but I mean, he, he played well last game. Uh, he, uh, he came away with zero sacks. The sack ended up being on Yash Nyman, uh, for, um, what's his name? Leonard Floyd. Uh, he ended up with like an 88 or 87 pass rush um, pass rush grade. So I'm looking at uh, Zach Tom versus the pass rushers. I mean, he's been, he's been, he's been playing pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm, ex- I'm excited for, for his development. Too. What's that? Especially for a rookie who's making spots. Yeah. yeah. 100%. All right. So for me, I'm going to be watching snap counts. Um, I ended up looking these up and, and kind of taking some things away from it. But for me, I'm looking at the snap counts of the wide receivers. Um, I mentioned Romeo Dobbs only played 23 snaps. Obviously, I think that's going to increase, maybe double even. 
Uh, <clears throat> last week, Alan Lazard led the wide receivers at snaps. He played about 97% of snaps. Christian Watson played about 94% of snaps. So I think that's where that's probably going to stay. And then Romeo Dobbs is going to keep steadily increasing as the rest of the season goes on. But I'm watching the, the wide receiver snap counts just because the Packers wide receiving room, regardless of what happens the rest of the season record-wise, that to me is going to be one of the biggest indicators of what the Packers do in the offseason going into next season. So I'm watching that that wide receiver room just like a hawk because not only are we developing rookies, but Alan Lazard is a free agent. So I'm watching the wide receivers just all together. So Uh, Bill said, I think the Packers are going to try and go deep to Watson early. He said, I'm saying that because I think we need to spread out the Dolphins defense for the run game. And I mean, that's how it works. You use one to set up the other, and then you keep them guessing on which one you're going to use. And being able to attack both ways is how you put together a good offense. And then obviously having the right play calls. But um, so, Bryant, how do the Packers beat the Dolphins? Hey, and I want to go off of uh, that comment real quick, actually, and give uh, go some more of these stats over Xavier Howard that I missed. So, going deep to him, Xavier Howard has given up catches of 75, 59, 47, and 55 on the year. So, and um, just about 50, and he's actually given up, PFF is saying he's given up 695 yards and 339, of which is yak. So, if we can get. Watson Ooh. against him, uh, the art, the act could go a little crazy. The so, Trayvon right. dubs could go crazy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying too. Even if they just they single dubs on him, I don't, get me, don't get me wrong. Dubs isn't like completely polished as a route runner yet. But when you already have Aaron Rodgers saying he runs really crispy routes, he's going to be able to get that separation. So I'll say Rodgers um, can kind of help throw him open a little bit too. Yeah. So I'm about to show a bunch of stats on your throat here. So everyone is worried about the Dolphins, rightfully so, because they have a couple, they have two huge weapons on their team. But other than that, I'm telling you, this team does not do a whole lot well. So they don't run the ball well. They're the sixth worst, worst against run. They don't stop the run particularly well. Oh, you'll see the six worst or six best a lot. It's weird. It's very, it's like <laughs> in every category. But anyways, <laughs> they don't stop the world particularly well. Um, they they do give up. They have the seventh lowest yards given up in the league, but they allow 4.4 yards per average. That's because they are, uh, that's because they people don't run the ball against them, right? Um, they're like seven, six least attempts against or whatever. Uh, they aren't good against the pass, so they're six worse than yards per game. Um, fifth most touchdowns against and third worst, worst completion percentage at like 68 point something. Uh, they're middle of the pack rushing the passer and against the pass rush. Uh, they have a negative turnover ratio. Uh, they're towards the bottom of spe- um, in special teams, uh, giving up returns and stuff. Um, they do have a good passing offense, but that is a lot of like one thing that's been our strength. We're like top five in yards against, which is crazy because we play so soft and stuff. More on that later. Um, but to beat this game, uh, so they have one of the highest uh, percentages on third down um, for teams converting against them. Um, bottom half of the league, 43% of the percent of the time they give up uh, the conversion on third down and on offense um, they only convert 37.7 percent of the time and then they're the eighth most penalized team in the league so uh, I think really if we can have a clean game against them we should be right there and it might be down to who has the ball last so for me mm-hmm. um, and I'm kind of giving away my keys to victory right here but controlling the clock are the time of possession 
and ha playing a cleaner game, like I turn over all these, um, I think that's how you beat this team. That um, they they've been struggling um, scoring lately. Oh, one second. So let me look. I have to scroll up for these stats, but um, so they're giving up 24.6 points per game, which is tied for six worst in the league. Uh, the Packers scored 20.5, but they're actually at 26.6 over the last five games. The Packers are. So, um, granted, their defense is given about the same number, uh, the Packers' defense. But so our offense has been playing a lot better. But so I think um, either running the ball really well or controlling it through a really clean pass game, which is possible because of their their percentage given up, is how we we can win this game. Just controlling the clock. Sounds good. So Jake. Talk to me about the Packers playing ball on defense. So I wanted to talk about this um, because when I was watching that Rams game, I was like, man, these guys, they, they could they could have had, you know, we talked about they could have had all these interceptions, right? We talked about the uh -huh. Walker. We talked about Eric Barre. I mean, I thought there was one where uh, Mayfield kind of threw late and it looked like it was on the left sideline, on the Rams sideline, and it looked like Jair could have had a pick if he would have been looking for the ball and he was looking to just kill the wide receiver. And then we did get the interception against against Mayfield, right, uh, with Rasul Douglas. So in five of the last six games, the Green Bay Packers have at least one interception. Now, I know that's not like a crazy stat, but we're getting the ball back to the offense for an extra possession at least once. Uh, we've had we've had a couple games with two. And then this is where it's uh, where it gets a little interesting for me. So Tua Tagovailoa has played very, very well this year. You know, obviously the addition of Tyreek Hill very, will help any very safe quarterback. Very Yes, he is. Um, he's only has five interceptions, right? All five of his interceptions have come when the Dolphins have been trailing. Hmm. So that's one key. And he is not throwing an interception at home this season. Time for that to change. Time for that shit to change, right? So I like the trend of the Packers being more aggressive. I don't like the trend of him not throwing a pick at home, but I do like the trend of him playing from behind. So if I'm Green Bay, I'm taking that ball. I'm running it down their goddamn soft ass throats down there in Miami, and we're gonna make Tua try to catch up to us. That's what I think. <laughs> so we're gonna go out there and we're gonna punk these fools, man. I'm so excited for this game, bro. I just want to put a helmet on one time, just fucking run into somebody. <laughs> God damn it! But, Kenny Clark style, man, dude. I would just go crazy, man. Like, fuck you. You're on the other side. I'm gonna hit the hell out of you. But Brian, talk. I think the, the Packers could go right, crazy. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. I was so trying to trans I was trying to make a really nice transition. From you wanting to put a helmet on and crack somebody like Kenny Clark, and I was gonna be like, "Yeah, Brian, talk about Kenny Clark," but you just kept talking, Jake. He he's pumped. Leave him alone. I'm, I'm the juices are pumping now. Yeah. Now I'm Bricked ready up. to go. Oh my Bricked god! Up. Um, <laughs> you guys don't make everything you sexual, said, you weirdos. Listen, you said soft ass throat, and the juices are pumping within 25 <laughs> seconds of each other. That's on you. <laughs> Come on, man! Anyways, How long have we I been talking? I work with children. I work with children. <laughs> I work. I work with a bunch of perverts. So. <laughs> your words better. So Kenny Clark, um, I can't much say much. What you know that hasn't been said already in the show for the last couple of games. Anyways, he's he's becoming December Kenny again. And if we're gonna make the playoffs, we really need it. That game against the Rams was phenomenal, and we're gonna need that against the that maybe more uh, to beat the Dolphins. If he can continue to collapse the pocket. Um, and help those edge rushers get home, it's going to be huge for us. Um, 
you could see he really struggled in the middle of the season once Rashawn Gary went out and they started doubling him again. He, I think his first four games or whatever, he was playing like phenomenal. And then he kind of, you know, fell out. We were like for five or six weeks, we were just like, what is going on with him? And then I, now the last couple of games he's played well. So go ahead. Can I throw something out there? I, this might, this, I don't know if this is true or not, but have they been moving guys around in the defensive line as often as they were earlier in the season? No, but you know what they are doing? They're stunting them now. They're stunting them now, which I, I will really, say I really haven't love. seen. I haven't seen Kenny Clark line, like. I remember the first game we seen one package where it was like Rashawn and Kenny kicked way out wide one direction. Yeah, like I haven't. I, like I, haven't, I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen as many of the the guys moving around the defensive line as much. And honestly, like we've run a lot of two down linemen sets, so like I get that that's part of it. But I just feel like as you're talking about it, like. I'm looking like thinking back and I'm like, I feel like we haven't seen Kenny lined up at defensive end a lot. And we haven't seen a lot of the Slaytons or like, I'm going to get into it. We haven't even seen as much of Dean Lowry as much. Yeah. And this is kind of where I wish I know Devontae Wyatt still needs to learn his scheme and all that stuff and Mm -hmm. to play within the scheme and stuff a little bit better. But this is where I wish we did see 20 snaps a game from him on third down. Every third down, he's on the field because I feel like teams are going to realize his pass rushing ability, his explosiveness next to Kenny, and it's just going to create some issues. Um, And that's kind of where that, you know, high risk, high reward play where you're playing the rookie where he still doesn't completely know the scheme. Or I'm not going to say he doesn't know the scheme, he's just learning how to play in the NFL still. But um, I kind of wish we'd see him more than nine snaps. But yeah, with Kenny Clark, we need, we need, you know, all pro pro bowler Kenny Clark over the next three games um, to really have a good shot at wrecking some teams here. And, this is uh, really interesting. Actually, in the playoffs, Dean Lowry only had 11 snaps. Oh, you fuckers. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I was, I, when people are talking the other, I, I like looking shit up when I'm, <laughs> I have the snap counts. All right. I don't just forget. I just said that. I, Right, I have that. I literally have them. I even made a banner for it. Okay. The banner says snap counts. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so everybody that doesn't already know this, Dean Lowry played 11 snaps on Monday uh, night. Thanks, Tyler. How I many? appreciate your – He played I 11. That. Holy cow. Your, that's your, your research goes – Before he blurted that out, he's just like, all right. <laughs> Your research goes a long way for this. Tyler's show, got some thunder you. there. Let me steal some of that. <laughs> <laughs> so we we all want to see Devontae Wyatt on the field more, and I get you know I get that. But can as far as the social media goes, um, Bill Dean Lowry played eleven snaps. He did. Um, as far as social media goes, can we can we just look stuff up before we get mad about it? No. I would just rather be mad. Because, okay, so <laughs> there's Devontae Wyatt needs more snaps. He should take some from Lowry. He doesn't do anything. You, you can type in Packers versus Rams snap counts. You can get a list. It'll tell you in order the percentage and the number of snaps that the guys played. Dean Lowry, for those who haven't already heard, played 11 snaps. Devontae Wyatt played nine. It's not like Dean Lowry's playing 35 snaps. Um Jaron Reed played 28 snaps. Kenny Clark played 32. The Rams ran 45 plays. Kenny Clark is the only guy who played more than two-thirds of the snaps. This game could have easily been like 38 to 12, by the way. I know we didn't talk about that, but yeah. No, that's crazy. Um, I was saying that earlier, too. 
So yeah. going on the defensive line, uh, yes, Bill, it is easier to complain than do the research. So on the defensive line, Kenny Clark, 32, Jaron Reed, 28, Dean Lowry, 11, and Jaron Reed, 9. Um, Slayton had a couple, but we're and not 10. even seeing as much as Slayton, and that's why I kind of brought up two. Um, doing a lot of two-down linemen is happening a lot. Um, Interesting. And probably going to continue, especially with Chris Barnes being healthy. So that's probably a trend that's going to continue. And because the Dolphins um, are pass happy. Right. So at least just look it up before you're going to complain about who should be getting snaps from who. Because Dean Lowry only played two more snaps than Jaron Reed did. Or if you don't want to look it up, you can just watch us on Friday nights. Yeah. And and watch Simon spoil it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Because I got more. I have more than just the D-line. I like spoilers. Um, whole so his whole show hinged on Dean Lowry's snap count, and you ruined it for him. Yeah. <laughs> the whole this is the segment we were waiting for. <laughs> um, I got, I got more. I got more outside of the D line. So the other couple things that I want to bring up: Rudy Ford played a hundred percent of the snaps at safety. Darnell Savage, just take a guess how many defensive snaps Darnell Savage played. He played one, two, and he gave up a 17-yard freaking catch on the one. first third down of the game. He played one. Was one. one defensive snap. He had two I really special team snaps, though. No, I, I, I remember the I remember the play because I, I mentioned Simon Ray. I think I mentioned Simon Ray. I was like, what is Darnell Savage doing? Like, why is he backpedaling? Bro, I have no idea what he was doing. Well, clearly he didn't, he, he didn't either. And that's why he didn't play anymore. <laughs> so Darnell Savage played 10 snaps in this game. One what? on defense and nine oh, on special okay. teams. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if he can if he can at least develop Fine. into like a He's gunner on gunner and kickoffs, like like give me something. Yeah. You know, otherwise he's gonna end up getting traded for like a six round pick or something like that. Interestingly enough, <laughs> he blows a lot of coverages. I wonder if he'll see a few more snaps this game because of his speed. We'll see. But, I mean, it doesn't matter because when he catches them, he has a trouble tackling them anyway. But hopefully, maybe he'll shock oh us all. Oh, my God. Kick a man when he's down, Brian. <laughs> hey, who was that player? Who was the player I was doing? Like, Brian is a Dominican sewer over here. This guy on the ground. Let me just yeah. stomp on him real quick. I will. <laughs> I, hey, I don't feel bad for stomping on someone that's guaranteed $7 million next year. Dude will make more money next year than I will in most of my life. So, <laughs> All right. So, last two snap counts I want to bring up are the running backs. Aaron Jones played 40. He had 21 touches on 21 opportunities and scored a touchdown. And then A.J. Dillon, AJ Dillon only played 28 snaps. Yeah, he, he had 14 touches. That 14 touches on 14 opportunities and scored two touchdowns. Goddamn. We're talking That's December, Kenny. We might need to start saying December Dillon, too. December Dylan, I'm down for double it. D. I, double D. Uh, <laughs> see, now I'm on the dirty train. I like that one. <laughs> no, double, when you say double D, I think of Ed Ed Nettie instantly. <laughs> yeah. Ha! Great that's, show. That's not we're what we're going to do. We're not going to talk about that, but that's a great show. <laughs> Plank. Plank. <laughs> Move it, double D. All right. So, like, I can look into that. I can look into AJ Dylan in December and maybe make a graphic out of it. But so, listen, we're all. We're all laughing and having fun. Jake, talk to me about the Packers having fun. Man, I remember defending Floor when he said this. When Pete, he said that the Packers just need to get back to having fun. Do you guys remember all the fans clowning them? Because yeah. we were losing games. 
the thing about that is he knows that it, it goes along the lines of when you look good, you feel good, you play good, right? Yeah. You know, to throw it back to Deion Sanders again, who once said that a long time ago. But the Packers are having fun, and they're playing hard. They're hitting better on defense. They're running harder on offense. They're blocking better on offense. They're 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 rallying to the ball on defense. I mean, I just the, – the one thing that really, really sticks out to me when I think about the Packers having fun and playing better is that kick return by Keyshawn Nixon. And you see just a freaking wave of players coming over celebrating with them. And Rich Passaccia. And Rich Passaccia, right. But the thing that just – that, that just makes that goal that energy goes through the team, you know. And you know, we could spin this and we can make this about mental health too. You know, when when you're happy and you're feeling good, you know, uh happiness is is kind of like magic, man. If you if you flip your mind into into that that mindset of being happy, then you're gonna be optimistic more and more good things are gonna seem like they're better. And that's the thing that you have to take away from this is sports can can teach you that in life as well. So um I love that they're back to having fun because it seems like they're just playing better. That's, That's why I wish it would about. throw in like a Keyshawn Nixon play because I feel like if he did make a big play, like a 20, 30 yard gainer, it's just going to like, you know, that, the energy is you know, happy dude. endorphins into the team and just get them like right. energized and keep going. Yeah. Like, I think it would be fun. Especially if you're, like, you know, get up seven nothing, two or throws a pick, and then we get Nixon on the field or something. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So Simon wants to talk specifically about the defensive backs against. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, talk to me about what's going on with those two wide receivers. Definitely some studs. <clears throat> yeah. So, like Brian did, I'm also going to spoil my kind of key to victory. I mean, we gotta we gotta figure out a way to slow these guys down. And I think I think a lot of it will come from scheme too. Um, everyone is obviously on Joe Barry's ass for playing a lot of soft coverage. And I don't think you can do it versus Hill and Waddle. They're too fast. We don't have the speed from the cornerbacks uh, or the DBs <clears throat> to do it. If I if we had Stokes, I might feel a little bit better uh, about playing a little bit softer. But I didn't steal. Okay, Brian, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I might feel a little bit better on it. Maybe they try to utilize Kizan Nixon and his speed. Go ahead. Can I make a suggestion? And Jake Jake tiptoed around this when talking about the Packers offense against the the Dolphins defense. But this is this is going to tie into my key to victory, so I'm just going to kind of spoil mine a little bit too, but let's go. How let's do you guys on. how do you guys feel think about the idea of putting Jair Alexander on Jalen Waddle and double teaming Tyreek Hill? I don't hate it. I'm open Honestly, for whatever. I'll give you work. my thoughts. I'll give you my thoughts later because I have some. <laughs> I know Brian's going to talk about it. another thing that's probably going to happen more after Simon talks about the Packers. But go ahead. I, I don't hate the idea. I think I think Waddle is a better route runner than Tyreek. Yeah. I, I think I think Hill relies on his his speed and athleticism to a point, but that, he's that's also. Why. He's really that's good not, at that's shooting on Hill's route running ability. To get open. Yeah. He was a little more meticulous on it. I, I think the Chargers kind of came up with a really good game plan at how they want to slow those guys down. So at one point, um, Tua was like three for 17 in the game. 
if, versus the Chargers, and he ended up uh, 11 for 28. <clears throat> so the Chargers kind of packed the middle of the field, and then they also played a lot of press coverage. So I think a lot of this, a lot of this game will depend on the scheme that Joe Barry deploys or employs. Employs. Yeah. You use them both. Go for it. All right, both. (laughs) I'm not good with words. There's a reason I'm in the military. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Brian's over here like, damn, I am too. I was being being fictitious earlier, Simon, about fictitious. Fictitious. (laughs) So it'll be. Like I said, I think it'll be really interesting to see what Joe Barry does to kind of slow down these guys. <laughs> like a Bill's, <laughs> Bill's laughing at us. Unless he's laughing at Tua's stat line, because that is nuts. But Brian wanted to talk about zone coverage. So, yeah, so talking about DBs against Waddle and Hill, do we do more zone, or do we say put this guy on this guy and two guys on that guy, or do we just leave everybody where they are? and Drop 11 in coverage. <laughs> So actually, I think Simon, Simon brings up a really good point. Um, my concern is that, so you can either do that, or I feel like we really have to play zone. We got to make sure our communication's right. But my concern is they're going to do something in the middle. Like they're going to, you never, you know, have you ever heard you never half-ass anything, you full-ass everything or whatever? Like I have a feeling they're going to like do something in between and it's going to kill us, right? So if we do play what Simon said, we definitely, if we're going to play on the line on them, we have to 100% get hands on them. We cannot miss a jam. Otherwise, we're in serious trouble. That's going to be a quick touchdown. Now, I could see it. And, I mean, Barry's done a – he played zone against freaking Ryan Tannehill, okay? So I have a feeling we'll be playing zone here to try not get beat in this damn uh, by their speed. Um, so – because two is not – he won't – he's not really a running threat at all. So if they're like 70 yards, I think he's Aaron Rodgers has more yards. Season too. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers might have more rushing yards than him on the season, to be honest. Um Two has like seventy. Um, two missed some games too, but yeah, only two. He's well, two full ones. Anyways, um, I think he's played twelve games. Either way, so like I could see him playing where they're playing um, zone most of the time. If they're gonna do that, they need to freaking tackle. So the matchup I'm really watching on defense is gonna be the safeties helping on Waddle and Hill. Waddle and Hill have twenty like six hundred and eighty yards receiving. It's 66% of the team's receiving numbers. They, uh, Waddle's at like 1,100 and some. Tyreek Hill's like 1,500 and some. The next close is at 350 or something like that. It's like a huge, huge drop-off. They have Damn. two weapons yeah. <laughs> that we need to cover. Double-team them both and single coverage everyone else. I don't care what you do. Like, um, but if you're going to play soft zone, you need, to, you need to make sure those safeties are ready to tackle. And then on third and shorts, third and like three, four yards – where, you know, they might run the ball because we have that most demon against us. But um, if on third and four, that's where I want to see them press because they're probably just – they may not be taking a deep shot. And if they beat us on a deep shot at that point, fine. But the last thing I want to do is just give a team that's struggling to get – stay on the field on third downs but just a pitch and catch first down like we did against, like, Justin Fields and crap. I'm, I have a feeling we'll see it. Then that's where I'll get mad about the zone coverage. If, if it's third and five and you see Jaw and Douglas – who Douglas is a uh, god? They got to help Douglas this game, or he's going to be, he won't be burnt toast. He'll be, I think, like, I think Nixon is going to occupy more toast. of the, the other outside corner position. Um, Nixon actually isn't giving up a lot of separation this season, and they'll have 
um, Rasul Douglas more as the slot corner. I hope so. I, I hope you're right, Ty, Tyler. But for whatever reason, we've seen it all year. This this team for the Packers, they're so like it, something has to completely break before they make a change, and that's what's killing me a little bit with this team. So hopefully they make an adjustment. Maybe they watch that San Diego game and they're like, "This is how we beat this team. This is how we do this." And I would love to see them do something a little bit different. But they, this this has to be the best tackling game of the year, I think, yeah. especially for, from um, the DBs anyway. Keyshawn Nixon did actually play 100% of the snaps on defense on Monday. So, that you okay. know, it's not outside the realm of possibility that that's how that goes. Um, <clears throat> pass coverage um, or pass rush. Cody said killing him with pass rush will help with coverage more than anything. I mean, those things go hand in hand. Sometimes you get coverage sacks because the coverage is so good. Sometimes if you can get to quarterback before they have the opportunity to get rid of the ball, that just negates any speed that the the offense has because the I hope we quarterback have some can't get tricky, rid of the ball. So. tricky blitz packages because they have a really good offensive line. Two has been That's sacked. That's what the the Chargers yeah, did a really good job getting pressure on Tua early and often, yep. and it went it disrupted all the timing that the Dolphins had. So if if Enigbari is going to put himself on the map. It's going to be Christmas Day at noon. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So the, the other reason why I talked about what I wanted to talk about too is Derwin James and uh, – damn, I forgot his name now. One of their other starting corners was out during the game, so it wasn't like – J.C. Jackson. Yeah. Maybe. No, it wasn't no. J.C. Jackson. It wasn't J.C.? I don't remember. I don't remember the Off the top of my head, dude. I should have yeah. wrote it down, but I'm fired anyways, so who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, well, just give us a matchup you're watching, Ben. Simon, um, Bryant said the safety, so what do you got, Simon? Oh, yeah, I'm just DBs have to find a way to slow down the wide receivers. Uh, it's just that's the that's their strong part of their game, and both of them are dominating this year. Oh, was it Asante Samuel Jr.? No. It was. Yes, it was. I'm pretty sure it was. Bro. I think he's right. All right, give me a second yeah, to look it up. But that's that's what I uh... – All right, Jake, what's the matchup you're watching? All right, so it's going to be Tua versus Amos. Um, Tua likes to take a lot of deep shots. Uh, this offense, um, they, oh, I got run, it. they run, they live on, on big plays, big energizing plays. We um, – so, uh, Brian brought it up. I'm getting my names mixed up. There's a lot of you people in here for some reason. You right guys now. look alike to us. <laughs> you guys act exactly the same. So your name's is Bryant and yours is Simon. I don't know. Anyways, I think Amos is going to have to be fantastic with his over-the-top defense. Um, I think Rudy Ford's going to be more down in the intermediate area. So I think Amos over the top of either Waddle or Hill. Whoever is running that deep route is going to be the key to this game. And I'm calling for an Adrian Amos. It's not in my sentence. I'm calling for an Adrian Amos pick. It was uh, Bryce Callahan. Oh, former Bear. That's why I didn't give a shit about yeah, Bryce Callahan. <laughs> all right. Well, we can skip keys to victory now that we've all given ours during yep. different points of the show. So for me, as far as matchups we're talking about is um, <clears throat> for me, this is different than something you guys have all said, and I'm going to be keeping an eye on the linebackers, honestly. Uh, obviously, we, we kind of mentioned Ken Bizley We haven't talked a lot about Preston Smith. If Preston Smith ha- wants to have, you know, his game of the year, this would be a great game to do it. Um, you know, he's – in the early goings of the season, it felt like he was always just one step away from making a huge play, like one step away from a big sack. <laughs> and then last week he got two sacks. So if, you know, Preston Smith can do that um, – 
Ooh, a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, guys. Yeah. Same to you. Same to you. Um, and then Jake touched on Justin Hollins a little bit. We talked about Chris Barnes maybe being back, probably being back, I should say. Um, Quay Walker being used in different ways. Um, that's all factoring into this. And a name that nobody has brought up on Miami because he's having a down year is Mike Gesicki. I don't want to get into a situation here where we're so focused on Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, and rightfully so, that we forget about Mike Kosicki, who had double-digit touchdowns last year. Yeah, they don't throw him the ball, though, man. He only has, like, 25 catches, I believe, right? But, I mean, if he's wide open in the middle of the field because we have six DBs back on Hill and Waddell. Yeah, that kind of falls in the linebackers, though. I think Campbell that's, can that's get why rid of I brought up the linebackers. So, I, I just don't want to get caught in a situation where we're so hyper-focused on their two good – wide receivers and like i said rightfully so because they are absolute studs and Jalen waddle has like the coolest touchdown celebration in the nfl he definitely but does. i i know i just don't want to get caught you know where we're like getting beat like bill kind of mentioned it in the comments about getting beat on the intermediate stuff um and i just don't want to have a situation where we're talking say like a third and seven and mike is he's wide open in the middle of the field at the sticks because we're so worried about the outsides so it, it's Kind of like you guys were saying, though, it's all hands on deck and everybody needs to do their jobs. It can't be this situation where we're focused on just two guys and then we just get beat by everybody else. True. So the linebackers are, are going to be crucial as well. <clears throat> all right. So Simon had one interesting thing he wanted to talk about, and he wanted to talk about the unsportsmanlike conduct flags. Should be good. Yeah, I just – I feel like it's the easiest – situation not to put yourself in and i think we have six on the year and it's just demoralizing to see a team give up free 15 yards to the other to the other team i'm pretty sure they've all been on like defense too so they're just marching down the field and i don't know it's just that the one on rudy ford was kind of dumb i mean the flag was correct it's just dude was already way out of bounds he was pretty he was far out. Kind man. of finishing the play, which is what he I was. thought when I was watching yeah. it in real time. But he does like give a shove when they're both like past like yeah. the super thick white lines. Like, yeah, it's, get it, it's, just un, it's just unnecessary. You could, give, you could have given him a warning on that and say, hey, don't ever do that again. I don't know, man. It was pretty far out from even I could tell off of just the regular play that they, he was just going to get flagged for it. And yeah. I don't know. It's just a mental error. And I think yeah. uh, I can't remember what game it was Washington or the Giants. We had a really a couple bad ones. And the Giants just, game is the one that Quay Walker got kicked out of. That's the one it was. Yeah, that's right. For like hitting or shoving the whatever yeah, dude on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah, it was a tight. He was a practice squad player. People trying to say he shoved a coach oh, yeah. or wrong. That's right. The, yeah, player, that's but... right. So I don't know. I just, it's just so dumb to get those penalties. Yeah. Unforced errors, like you said. Yeah, unforced errors. All right, Jake. Lay out the playoff scenario for us because we're not out until we're out. Until that, that chance says zero, we're not out. So we're going to keep focusing on the playoffs until that that mathematically eliminated zero hits. So talk okay. to me about the playoff scenario. So I'll start with the 0%, and then I'll tell you the good news after that. I like to start with negative, then go to positive. So if Washington wins – Against the 49ers, which I do not see happening. And the Packers lose to Miami, we're done. So I saw that as a scenario this weekend. I was like, 
Don't see that happening. Thank you, San Francisco. I still hate you, but please win again. Um, also, a crazy stat about the 49ers real quick before I get into it. The teams that play the 49ers the following week are 1-10 after playing the 49ers. The only team to win the only team to win was the Kansas City Chiefs. But they had to win. God damn it. Who the hell did they play? It wasn't this last weekend against Houston. But they had to like come back from behind and, and beat them. I forgot who it was. But so the Packers right now have a 12%. It was the chance. Broncos, no? It might have been the Broncos, actually. But anyways, um, if the Packers the uh, it looks like he dropped out just before then if the all right I can't hear him no I'm just gonna mute him so that he's not uh so Basically, the rooting guide for tomorrow is you want the Panthers, Chiefs, Vikings, and 49ers. Yes. That's who that's who we're rooting for this weekend. Yeah. I will um this will be a you know controversial take amongst us, but and I'm not trying to manifest it, but I feel like if we do lose, I would want at that point, since our chances go down to like 0.3%, like even if because I was doing it earlier with the playoff machine, like you had to have certain people loot. Like it was insane. If we if we don't get the job done, um, at that point, I would just hope Washington wins because then we could like see the younger player get more snaps. Because it, it we have to win out to make the playoffs. Like it, the chances of us making the playoffs with a loss is so slim. Like I know it was slim before at like five percent, but it's like. You, it, I was doing the playoff machine earlier, and it was almost essentially impossible. You wouldn't even see it. You're talking like the Rams beating the Seahawks. In um, sorry, my door keeps opening. Aberrations coming in. Ghosts. But yeah, um, and it's it's negative like five degrees out. I don't know what's going on with it. The doors like won't close properly. Anyways, I I would just say like I don't know how you guys feel, but if we don't get it, I feel like to deserve really to go to the playoffs, we need to finish nine and eight. Um. I know there's possibility we could make it eight and nine, but for me, if we don't win tomorrow, I would just want somehow Washington to upset San Francisco. So then we can see it's not maybe see Jordan Love in something for two games other than just one game. So we'll see what happens. I don't know how y'all feel about that, but if I feel like if we finish nine and eight, I feel like if we finish nine and eight, we're 100 percent making the playoffs. I feel like our chances are really good there, but I feel like if we lose to um on Christmas. That we can. Uh, I think I saw that yeah. if the Packers win and the, the Commanders lose, of the Packers chances go up to like seventy five. Seventy five percent, yeah. So, um, so question in the comments said, "Correct me if I'm wrong, but assuming the Packers and Lions are tied at the end of the season, it'll go down to a strength of victory tiebreaker, which will depend on other teams' records. Is it is it strength of schedule good. or is it division record?" And that was I talk what I was talking so, about because I was looking at I was looking at it and like you, even if the Lions win this week, but then we were to beat them. We could like we could still beat them in the playoffs, but then we're doing like a strength of victory tiebreaker with Seattle, and that's where it got really wonky. And well, the Packers won their division last year, so they're playing the number one teams in all the divisions. So the Packers should have a strength of schedule. It's, it's strength of schedule well, this year, not last yeah. year. And the Rams is subtly are like different. three and nothing. So because I, I, mean, I don't know what it is so. the rest of the time. 
But I know currently the Lions have played a stronger strength of schedule. Yeah. I'm just going to look it up. I know that also we still have to play – our strength of schedule would go up with the Miami Vikings and the Lions <clears throat> too. So I haven't gotten to mess around with the playoff simulator that much. I honestly just been focusing on just Packers beating Getting the next in. team. We, we yeah. got to win, essentially. I, I Yeah, that's – I kind of agree with Brian. I I hate going out on slim hopes like that. Yeah, our strength of victory is point three nine three right now. So, yeah, it, it would just be ultra. I mean, we would just have to root for the weirdest crap to happen. Yeah, and it, it's at that point unrealistic. Us winning so out and beating the Lions. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. that's where we're at. All right, two uh, clubs had to had best best one loss tied percentage in the games. So win loss tied percentage in games between the clubs, best in games played. So it's the best win loss tied percentage in the games between them, mm-hmm. and then it's best win loss tied percentage in games played within the division. Okay, what I'm seeing between two clubs. This is from NFL.com. So that's that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, it, like if they like this thing, Fox Sports is saying if they win, it goes up to oh, 19. That's, that's not sorry, that's for happens. the division. For yeah. for wild card, it's within the conference. So Isaac is right; it's within the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's head to head, and then it's win loss tied in games played within the conference. So it unfortunately, the there's like. There's not really a high chance that we'd be eliminated even if we lose because I highly doubt Washington's beat San Francisco. But for me, I, like if we don't get the job done, I'm kind of hoping that happens. And um, so we can just – I because really, then there's no reason not to play Devontae Wyatt, you know, 30, 25, 30 snaps. There's no reason, you know what I mean, at that point. So I feel like really, you know, to earn their way in, I want them to get into the playoffs at 9-8. That's just my opinion. Um, there's – it gets really wonky, and it will be produced after this game if we were to lose, but I just feel like well, let's just go down there and take care of business and be. Yeah. All right, Jake. What's the weather going to be like? It's going to be a balmy 58 with a real feel of 53. Oh, that's all that's all nice. That's man, really after nice. today, man. We it's like, it's like negative 30 real feel. The here. thing is, if you look up, because I was, I, was, I was hoping you did this too, Jake. I looked up the average temperature for Miami at this time of year. It's like low 70s. So this is going to be a cold game for them, and this is going to be like a nice warm game for Green Bay. It says coldest we, uh, Christmas in years. Yeah. I bet you I bet you anything <laughs> we see Dolphins <laughs> players in long sleeves and Packers 100%. players in short sleeves. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying that this could tilt it a little bit and, like, make a little bit of a difference, but – I mean, it's better than the alternative, them going down there playing in 90-degree weather. Exactly. Dehydration is kind of like, you know, we always weird about that and stuff. This is going to be like them practicing in the Don Hudson Center. I bet you anything they probably practiced them in the Don Hudson Center this week, and they probably had it right around that temperature in there. I mean, maybe we'll get another Alan Lazard puke game if we have another 90 90 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if that's what we need to win, I I hope he pukes all over. All right. All right, Brian. Give me one of your assignments says. So my assignment says both of them this this week are like very bold predictions. 
So um, the first one is Rodgers hasn't thrown for 300 yards in a game this season and has only thrown for three touchdowns once. Damn it. This game he goes for 350 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and this is, I know this is contradicting what I said we need to win, but I did say that we could win with just really like a really high percentage completion like Aaron Rodgers going like 28 for like 36 or something like that. You know what I mean? I just I, with the way this team's 36, three fifty two and four touchdowns. No sure with, Yeah, with the way the teams played this year, I don't think there's a fucking chance. Our drives take <laughs> our drives take way too long. We're not like an explosive, super explosive team on offense to where we're gonna have like a two minute drive very often. Ah, God, uh, yeah, I'm Christmas not. Miracle. I don't love it. See. What's if you funny took is off 100 yards and one touchdown, and you said yes. 250 and three touchdowns. Yes. I think I'd be in. It wouldn't be that bold then. Yeah, I, I was so funny. Thing is, I was gonna make a bold prediction that Aaron Rodgers throws for 303 TDs because I don't think he's done that this year at all. Touchdowns? He's yeah. never done that. He hasn't done that this season. I was yeah, he hasn't done it this season. He's crazy never that thrown for 303 game. touchdowns in one game. <laughs> Oh my god! Fuck. Okay. <laughs> he said three hundred and three. God, it's a joke right now. Cody said Nixon returns for a touchdown. I'm I'm down. I I want it so bad. It's Just, bound to happen. It? Yeah, right? I, I want like, it so bad. Eventually. What was it? Oh. Nixon scores yeah. a touchdown. Yeah, okay, well, I want it so bad. Well, can I just get my next one then? Just yeah, just go for it. Super Bowl, the Packers score a special teams and defensive touchdown on the game. Ooh, sick. <laughs> I'm in. So greedy, but I love it. <laughs> so like, that was a good one. We need, yeah. need something crazy like that to go uh, to win this game. So I don't know if we need that much craziness. If we were playing like I the like Chiefs that. or something, I could say we'd need both of those. But yeah. To beat the Dolphins, I'd take one or the other. I wanted to be. All right, right, Jake, what do you got for Simon Says? Jones has 150 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. Just say yes because that one's happening. Yeah, okay. That's how that works. That one's happening. I promise. All right, so this is how Jake says because he's going to make his own That one one is happening. (laughs) <laughs> that one is he's like, yeah. He's like, here. What do you think? Yeah. Let me think hey, it for you. Simon, what, was <laughs> okay. that, what was that stat you shared a few weeks ago about the Packers having over a hundred and eighty something yards rushing per game or something like uh, in wins or something like that? Do you remember? Uh, bro, I don't know, man. Seven, something about over one hundred and seventy-five rushing yards. God, and they win. Or I, I do remember posting about. Oh, they're they're one in seven when they have games under one hundred seventy-five. Under one hundred seventy-five. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, so the one that I have. Oh, I have one more. All right, one go more, ahead. Go more. ahead. Go ahead. So this one I'm going to let you decide because I'm not really sure. I'm on the fence. <laughs> um, hold Miami under 200 passing yards. Ooh. Before you decide, that's a, that's a good before one. you decide, the Packers are second and Pat defense. Miami is third. And it's almost 100 yards difference. So it makes it <sighs> tough. God. No, I I think the team's too. Ex- I th- I think Miami's too explosive for that. I okay. fucking love it though. If we do those touchdowns that Brian's talking about, it might happen. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. All right. If we hold so, them, I'll yeah. say this right now: if we hold them to less than two hundred yards passing, unless Moster goes crazy, we're winning that game. Yeah, true. And they're probably not scoring twenty points. True. Yeah. 
All right. So the one that I have, Quay Walker, double-digit tackles. And I just want to point out that I did call for a Quay Walker sack last week, and it happened. So did I said yes to that, I'm pretty sure. I think you did. I think you did. That was a good one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said yes to that one because so I'm like I'm like one for sixty nine on Simon Says for this. <laughs> no more guesses. Yeah, just stop the count. <laughs> I think I've gotten one right. I can't remember what it was. But. Uh, wait, what did you say? He said he thinks he got one right, but I think he's full of shit because he didn't remember which it one was it was. earlier in the year. <laughs> well, when you make seventy four Simon Says per game, yeah, hey. you're bound to get at least one right. Hey, you, you make hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Michael Scott. True. True. Michael um, Scott. Cody said Crosby scores the most points in a game, and he breaks Favre's record. Crosby's, I don't want that because well, I don't want that points, to happen. I don't think we're winning. <laughs> Why not? What if he kicks like eight field goals, like yeah, extra points? I mean, and we lose twenty-seven to twenty-four. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, that's extra points. Oh, wait, what do you? What do you... Ain't no way. That also would be one of my things, right? Because then we are not scoring in the fucking red zone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, are we gonna complain about I hope Crosby scores five points this game? That's all I want. Five points from Crosby. So I, five I touchdowns. Exactly. Yes. You can also... Simon, is there any uh, bold predictions you want to make for this game? Nah, mine was the Rogers thing. Okay. All right. Simon, go first. Give me your score prediction from the head. Uh yeah. I don't I don't love this game, honestly. I, I called this a loss a while ago and I'm kind of sticking to it from my head. I just think the Dolphins at home, offensive explosive plays. I, it, it'd be really hard for us to find a quarterback to shut down Tyree Kill and Waddle. I got us losing 30-24. 30-24. Bryant, from the head? No, I agree with Simon. Um, they've only lost one game at home all year. Hopefully we can make it two. It's a little unseasonably cold for them. Hopefully that has an effect, but I have us losing 27-24. to 24. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake, what's your score prediction from the head? Packers 28, Miami 27. Ooh, that's my heart. It tight. <laughs> so I went last on purpose because I'm going to give both of mine because they're both the same. So my score prediction from the head is 27 24, Miami. My score prediction from the heart is 27 24, Green Bay. So I almost Jake. had the exact same as you, but I changed it. <laughs> I changed it. I changed it to twenty-eight, twenty-seven from my heart. So Jake's head is my heart. So that's where he rests. I'm head. just moving I'm on. I'm not even fucking around with that. Simon, give me your score <laughs> prediction from the heart. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Um, oh, all right, so God. just because I think this would be fun. All right, so Crosby walk-off field goal after Aaron Rodgers fake spikes to Christian <laughs> Watson for a first down. <laughs> yeah, what do we think, right? 27-24 Packers. I feel like I've seen this before. I feel like it's got to be like a random tight end catching it, though, because it was it was Corliss last time, wasn't it? No, it was Adams. Yeah. I think it was no, Adams. That caught the touchdown? 
No. Oh, yeah, that caught the fake no, tag. It was Adams. Spike, yeah. Yeah, the, the fake, fake spike, spike was, was Adams. Adams. The yeah. touchdown was Corliss. Yes. Okay, the touchdown was Corliss. All right. Yes. All right. Jake, and that was corporate? that was rookie Devontae Adams, by the way. So yes. it could be rookie. Simon, Christian what's Watson, your so what's call. your heart score? I said 27-24. 27-24. Okay, Jake, what is your heart score? You guys are a bunch of pussies. Um, I have 34-24. Like, let's go. Let's go. We're going to go down there. We're going to win by 10. 34, 24, 36. Only she's 5'3". <laughs> <laughs> Bill said 27-21 Miami from the head, 31-28 from the heart. It's, I mean, outside of Jake's um, heart prediction, I mean, we all have this game within single digits. So My dream scenario would be Rodgers having the ball back the last drive with either – hopefully the game's tied so we only have a chance to win it you know what i mean but right. even if we're down i feel like like just give us one chance to win this game at the end of the game and i think we can make it happen yeah and that's why before when you were like it might come down to who's holding the ball last that's why like i'm like shit because like i have yeah. 27 24 for both for both of my I almost did the exact so. same thing that would have been hilarious <laughs> robert said 24 21 packers i mean pretty much every prediction that everybody's throwing out is all within single digits so it's going to be Honestly, it's going to be stressful. And, you know, like Jake talked about, let's just have fun. Bottom line. Um, You know, as a team and as fans, like, let's just have fun. The fact that we're we're in this situation after losing five straight games and now we're talking about how we can still make the playoffs, that on its own is something to be happy about because we're not talking about 2023 already. And the so, this team is fighting through is insane. Like, I know it's yes. not a bit, you play to win, you to play your games, right? Like Miami's coming off of two extra days with us. And then we turn around, though, whoever we play next week will have an extra day of rest on us, which is Minnesota. Um, but I feel like, hey, I like the fact that our backs are against the wall and we just have keep keep just piling onto us or whatever. So I'm hoping, like, I oh, man, I think if they can go down into Miami and get this win, they obviously have to come home not feeling too high, not and realize what they need to do. But if they go down to Miami and take this win. I, I like our chances, and I tell you what, uh, I wouldn't back. want to play. I wouldn't want to play us in the um, playoffs. Uh, sneaky, sneaky team. Yeah. Um, Robert said, if we can get this win, I feel great. I like our chances in week seventeen and eighteen. Yes. Absolutely. I was just gonna say that too. And that's yeah. that's the same thing. Like like um, David, who who's kind of a friend of the show. He's watched a lot of our shows. He was asking us for record predictions for the last four games, and we're saying you know four and zero oh, because that's we can't settle yeah. for anything less. And I'm, I'm sure that's the Packers mentality, but I'm sure they're also looking at it as we need to go one and zero this week. So yeah, that's play, where we're the at. Packers know they're in the playoffs right now. Right. So yeah, let's go one and zero this week. So thanks everybody for for watching and commenting along. Uh, we will definitely be talking on Sunday. So go Pack, go! Let's get this win. I go. Let's go. All right. Uh, take care, guys. Thanks. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.